Hey, and welcome to the Six Minute Mile podcast. I'm David Lavalley, and today's guest, Max Arenow, is a world record-setting runner from Connecticut. Even though his world record won't land him a spot on the U.S. Olympic team, in a state that is crazy about the Yukon Huskies basketball program, Max's record may be almost as important. You see, Max recently set the world record for running a mile while dribbling a basketball around a track. His time of 4.30 beat the previous record by three seconds. A former point guard in high school, Max did not make the UConn track team despite a PR of 4.19 in the mile. His personal story goes far beyond a quirky record and tells us a lot about perseverance and believing in yourself. We really had fun talking about running and life with Max while hearing all about his tactics for the basketball mile. Enjoy, and we'll see you out there. So I'd love to hear more about uh, how, you know, we'll definitely get into the uh, the world record, which is amazing, but uh, I'd love to start with some of your earlier background and what sports you were into as a kid and, and how you got into running in a pretty serious way. So, yeah, I've been... I've been into sports my whole life from, you know, gym class so as a, a kid just playing around. Uh, you know, I, my first sport I actually played was uh, ice hockey. I played ice hockey um, starting in kindergarten. You know, I grew up playing uh, basketball, hockey, and lacrosse. So it was pretty busy between that. Um, in addition, obviously, where running came in was, you know, all of a sudden you have field day in third grade, and I, you know, I won the, the – uh, the gym class mile for my year so Man. you know I knew running was something I'm good at as well you know in addition to all these sports I'm playing you know uh and then in fifth grade there's a town town wide mile where I ran you know uh, a six minute mile which was pretty happy and won that so uh you know sort of just grew up you know playing sports uh ended up uh quitting hockey in seventh grade to focus on basketball actually um and I came I came into high school you know I I had done uh middle school cross country it wasn't wasn't very serious you know it's sort of like you'd run twice a week at practice and, and you'd have races and I was you know pretty good at that you know I was uh, one of the faster kids in my middle school um so I was honestly going into freshman year debating about trying football just because football is something I've watched all the time or right sure or going out for cross country um and one of the best things I ever did was going out for cross country uh started uh cross country had a legendary coach Tom Butterfield at Hall High School who was this you know 80 year old man who had been coaching for 50 years um and it was a, a privilege to sort of help me fall in love with the sport you know he would you know he would uh freshman would be doing workouts you know hill workouts were starting and he would jump in as an 80 year old and you know beat wow. some of the freshmen which was awesome and that was uh incredibly inspiring that's sort of where i fell in love with running um i still so after my freshman year of cross country i was one of the faster freshmen on the team i actually went out and played freshman basketball and freshman lacrosse um, but you know, that was fun. Uh, you know, I, I grew up playing sports. I love that. And then I, you know, came back, uh, for a sophomore year cross country and realized everyone else was getting faster while I was off, uh, playing other sports. Uh, and eventually actually I transitioned to by junior year, I was, uh, fully doing uh cross country and track. Uh, and you know, I still play basketball. Actually, there's a, a town league basketball, uh, league in my my town which was awesome my team won it my senior year so uh i was able to you know run full time but also play basketball and have that outlet which was awesome very fun so um, how uh, from there I actually, yeah well so uh, how how tall are you so i'm i'm five ten three quarters five eleven um 
So not not crazy tall, but I'm a point guard. So yeah, uh, it worked fine for that. Yeah. Uh, and so as point guard, you had good ball handling skills. Yeah, for sure. Um, much to my my mom's dismay, I would uh, you know, just growing up around the house, I would just dribble a basketball all the time. Um, so which you know, I, I'd be watching TV and dribbling a basketball, and it's sort of you know one of my passions. Uh, so I'm definitely that's sort of why this was the perfect fit for me because as a point guard, I have a pretty good handle, and also being a runner, obviously, sort of a, a mix of two of my biggest strengths. And were you um, a crazy UConn hoops fan growing up as a kid? Yeah, so um, obviously, you know, growing up watching Kemba Walker, um, I still remember being in um, tech ed class when uh, he hit the eighth grade, uh, and I was in eighth grade when he hit the shot against Pitt in the the Big East um, tournament to uh, step back. Yeah. So uh, I've been a huge UConn fan, you know, going through Kemba and Shabazz and all those guys. And I obviously, I went to UConn as well. Uh, had season tickets my junior and senior year, so I went to all the games. Um, they're back in the Big East now, which is awesome and uh, looking good. And uh, were you, uh, I can't remember during those years, was the team good? The UConn basketball team? Uh, when I was there, not not so much. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're they're on the rebound now. They they just got a new coach, Dan Hurley, and they're they're looking they're looking better. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and so uh, and then how was your running career in college? So that's another interesting story. So uh, <laughs> you know, I I finished high school. You know, I uh, was okay. I was a, I was actually my sixteen hundred PR in high school was a four thirty one. So one second slower than my basketball mile. And, uh, you know, I, in like my, my last race, I ran 157 uh, in a four by eight. So by that point, I had already committed to go to UConn uh, just, be, just as a school, but I didn't have uh, any running plans. I trained over the summer just because, you know, at that point I was obsessed with running. I loved it, obviously, and wasn't going to stop and ended up uh, trying out for the track team. And uh, I walked, I actually, actually walked on. I was doing it took as a walk-on, but I was sort of a, as a trial period, the way they did it. So I trained with the, the cross-country team uh, the whole first semester. Although I was technically on the track team, I wasn't racing for cross-country because I was more of a, a speed guy with my 18, 800 time. Right. And then they had this meet at the end of the at the end of the semester, which was called the blue and white track meet. And how it worked was it was sort of an inter-squad scrimmage. And what they did is it sort of finalized the roster. So it was it was a pretty cutthroat program. Uh, I was, uh, you know, as a walk-on, I pretty much had to beat out someone who was on the team who I've been training with to make the team. And I didn't do that. So actually, after my freshman year, I got cut again. And, you know, I, from there, I switched to club running, actually. So uh, throughout the majority of my college career, I ran, uh, I did club and I, I sort of had um, ups and downs throughout college. You know, I uh, the second semester of my freshman year, I went out and uh, I raced unattached in the 1500. And at that time, I ran my fastest 1500 ever, which was 405, which right. equates to like a 423 mile. Um, so at that point, you know, I did that actually unattached for the at a at a meet for the track for the at the Yukon track team. Uh, so I was I was still sort of talking to the coach and. Uh, you know, I, I went out, I, my plan was to go out and um, try again my sophomore year to try to get back on the team. And, you know, I was training over the summer and, you know, I had a couple of hiccups. You know, I had a little foot injury. I was playing Frisbee and I hurt my foot a little bit and some other hiccups. And I went out 
couple of weeks before I wasn't feeling great. And I uh, went out and I totally tanked the, he had me do another mile time trial around a 445. And at that point I was a little lost with running. So not knowing what to do, you know, obviously just ran a horrible mile. I just decided to sign up for the Hartford Marathon with two weeks notice and uh, <laughs> did that and uh, died completely the last uh, six miles. I'm sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, you know, went out, went out like six, 630 pace for the first 10K. And I think my last six miles, I averaged nine minute pace. So it was a humbling experience, but, uh, you know, at that point I was, you know, I just sort of lost. I didn't know what to do because, you know, I've been sort of, my whole goal running was to make the track team. And now that that's gone, I just was sort of looking for something to do. So I signed up for it. And then the crazy thing about that is I immediately asked that I wasn't feeling good. So I went to, uh, the, uh, infirmary and found out I actually had mono. Whoa. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, a little vindicated, you know, why I was, wasn't feeling so great, you know, why my mile PR was, but, uh, you know, so after that, I, um, the rest of college, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't run crazy, crazy seriously. Um, I would do, I did club, I did club meets and, you know, I was, I was still running every day, uh, mainly just to stay in shape. It wasn't, wasn't crazy fit though. And I was, I was actually playing a lot of basketball, just pick up basketball, um, a lot of intramural, intramural sports, you know, intramural basketball and, uh, intramural flag football which was fun. And it wasn't really until after I graduated college, um, I, I joined a club called uh, the Heartbeat Track Club, which is a local club. Uh, great people that I met and was able to train with pretty seriously, but I sort of got back into it and I've been uh, training harder since then. But so back then, I mean, when you ran that 423 equivalent mile, the, the coach must have taken notice. I mean, I'm sure in that even though you, you entered the race unattached, you, you probably beat some varsity athletes in that, right? Yeah. So I actually, yeah, I beat a bunch of varsity athletes. Um, there were no kids on the UConn team in that race, but I beat, you know, there were kids from various Northeast schools that I beat. And uh, actually, I guess the sad, the sad part of the story is that uh, the reason why, you know, when I tried out in the fall, I basically heard from people on the team that if I had run anywhere near that in that mile time trial, I would have been back on the team. Unfortunately, you know, obviously with the mono thing that popped up, it just, it just didn't work out, but, uh, you know, life goes on. Hey, how many, how many of those guys, uh, have a world record to their credit now, right? <laughs> so it all works out. None that I know of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So, and then, um, so after graduation, you got a real job and, but kept running with the, with the club. Yeah. So after graduation, you know, uh, I got a job, you know, I, I was an engineering degree, so uh, I got a job actually working in the area for a local engineering firm. And, you know, after graduation, I was kind of, you know, I was sort of more motivated by my, my, uh, my uh, assistant high school coach, uh, Jeff Billing. You know, he had this saying I remember vividly from a uh, senior of high school. He would always say, come on, you guys, are, you guys are in the best shape of your life, you know, going into our biggest meets, which was true at that time, you know. When we're going into our senior year cross country meet at that point i was in the best shape of my life at that time and at that point i had just graduated college and i wasn't even close to the best shape of my life you know i had been i was three years out from the best shape of my life which was that 1500 time that i talked yeah, about yeah um and at that point i was really motivated i i sat down and i said my life goal is going to be i want to run a mile equivalent of 423 in a mile because you know when someone asks you your mile time, you're like, oh, you know, technically it's 431, whereas, you know, 
back in freshman year, I was in much better shape than that for 423. So I sort of used that as motivation to try to, to get to get back in shape. And uh, but actually, the weird thing that happened actually uh, coincidentally is, you know, I was training that summer, and all of a sudden I had another big hiccup. You know, I was you know getting in decent shape, doing some long runs, did a 13 mile long run, and then out of nowhere, I went for a run and I struggled to make it more than two miles. Wow. Um, so stop stopped running, was actually going for a bike ride with my dad, which uh, I biked with my dad my whole life. And uh, midway through a bike ride, I was like, dad, I, I feel like shit. Like, I, I don't feel well, something's wrong. And uh, we, we turned around and went back. And my dad was like, all right, let's, let's get blood work. Um, which then I was like, you know, I was a little hesitant too, because I was like, ah, I'm probably just being weak. It's probably nothing fine. Went to get the blood work. And uh, tested me for a variety of stuff. Um, and what actually came back is not only did I have Lyme disease, but I was also uh, low iron. I was anemic. Wow. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I, so looking back at that now, I'm kind of, I'm pretty grateful for the, uh, the tick that gave me Lyme disease because without that, I would have never found out that I was anemic. So going back to that, it sort of explains, you know, I said those three years after uh, uh, freshman year of college, I wasn't in great shape. And I, I really didn't have a, a real reason. I'm, I'm not the type of person to look for excuses. I sort of just blamed it on myself. And then when that came in, you know, I, you know, obviously after that, I stopped running, you know, for a couple, took probably a three, four weeks off. Um, Cause I had to take the antibiotics for the Lyme, obviously. Yeah. But also I started taking iron pills with, uh, uh, as well as vitamin C to help absorb. And uh, immediately, you know, I started running again after, you know, a month and within two weeks, I felt 10 times better than I, had since you know like freshman year of high school it was like very almost a nostalgic feeling yeah so i was like i was just going out for easy runs and you know feeling great feeling wonderful and sort of reconnecting with my love of running that i you know discovered in high school which was awesome um and ever since then i've sort of been you know exponentially getting back uh into good shape they had these uh some my, my track club actually put on some socially distanced meets over the summer where I was able to compete and it was a three-week stretch uh or six-week stretch with three meets so one meet every two weeks and I ran the two mile first meet the mile the second meet and the 800 the third meet and PR'd in all three so that was uh pretty sweet <laughs> that's really good and, and how old are you now so I'm 23 years old so I've been out of college for around a year and a half now. Well, see, so you you got plenty of time left, man. Are you do you are you yeah. going to chase the dream here a little bit? Like you 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 know you you got another ten years. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm I'm as motivated as ever. As I said, sort of, you know that that iron uh, thing has sort of gave me a sort of new appreciation for running. Uh, I grew up Jewish actually, and my uh, I have this the story that really um sunk with me that my rabbi used to tell. And it basically, basically went like this. There was a farmer who, you know, had a, had a relatively small house and, you know, lived with his parents as well as his wife and his kids. And they're all crammed into one house. So, you know, one day he goes, he goes to, to the rabbi and he says, you know, my house is, it's too small. You know, I have too many people living in it. It's loud. It's noisy. What, what can I do to fix this problem? And the rabbi goes to him and he says, well, you're a farmer, right? Why don't you take a sheep? And have him uh, have him stay with you in the house. So the guy's confused. He's like, that doesn't make much sense, but he does it. He listens to the rabbi, goes home, 
has the sheep come into the house and, you know, obviously doesn't solve the problem. There's fur everywhere. It's even louder. So he goes back to the rabbi and complains. And this goes on for a couple of days. And each day the rabbi just has him add another animal to the house. So eventually he has pigs, cows, sheep all in the house. And it's hectic. It's crazy. Finally, he, he goes back to the rabbi and blows up and says, what are you doing? You're crazy. You lost your mind. You, I said my house was uh, too crowded. Now it's 10 times worse. You've made all my problems worse because I got loud animals. Their fur is everywhere. They're pooping everywhere. It's a mess. And the rabbi says, okay, then why don't you go home and you take, you take all the animals and put them back in the barn and just, just live with your family now. So the guy does that. Um, he listens to the rabbi. He goes back. And all of a sudden, his house feels, you know, huge. It feels quiet and peace and quiet. And uh, similar to that with the iron, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a stretch. But, you know, having those years where I was running anemic and, you know, just struggling to, you know, go out and run even just five miles, not feeling great. Now that, you know, I can go out and just, you know, finish work, go home, easy hour run, eight miles and just feel great and effortless. It's sort of given me a, a bigger appreciation for what I have and I'm more grateful for it. So, you know, at this point in my life, I'm almost addicted to exercising. Like I, I can't see me not running every day for the most if I were to get injured. Yeah. I love it. So uh, now have you ever thought about, uh, have you daydreamed about competing for Israel? I mean, maybe, you know, no insult, but you might not, you might not make the U S standards, but uh, you know, sometimes American kids can sneak into uh, Israeli teams. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, obviously I, I have to still get some times off my PR unless it's uh, the Olympic Committee wanted to add the basketball uh, mile <laughs> to, the, to the Olympics pretty soon, which I doubt. Um, well, I just saw so today yeah, they're I mean, adding they're adding uh, break dancing. I think to Paris in uh, 24, they're adding break dancing. Come on, man! Basketball miles more legit than break dancing. Yeah, you know, in my opinion, it is. I actually, I actually did see that the other day. Yeah, break dancing. Yeah. So, um, and so I understand your your brother was one of the ones who sort of said, Hey, this, you'd actually be a great fit for this. I mean, you're fast. You ran a four nineteen mile this summer and um, you're a good basketball player, good ball handlers and point guard. So w- was it your brother who kind of convinced you to do this? Yeah. So, you know, uh, this whole summer, my brother, he goes to Wesley and we were sort of uh, training partners. You know, we ran together. He, he ran a lot of those races over the summer with me and it was him who actually texted me a month ago. I had no idea this was even a thing and was like, yeah, the, this is, there's this basketball mile record, it's 437. And he had actually, you know, he just went to the track just by himself, just in a trainers randomly and just ran a 503 mile. He's like, you know, I think with a basketball, something that we could do. He with did. a basketball, yeah. with a basketball, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, wow, yeah. So, and then he two weeks later, he was like, he texted me again. He's like, it just, someone broke it, it broke it again. It's down to 433 now. So I was like, oh boy, you know, I got I to gotta do this soon if I'm going to do it. So I, I actually went out to the track just a random day. Um, I just drew, I decided to do for a workout a day. I would dribble a basketball to the track. Uh, so, you know, just a, my warm-up was like a three-mile run while dribbling a basketball. And then I would run some 400s there and jog back while dribbling the basketball. And I was, I was surprised, you know, I, I went out just like I know just run at like seven minute pace uh i got a mile away from my house just dribbling a basketball and it was i looked at my watch it was 6:25. so i was like oh you know maybe this doesn't slow me down as much as i i think it i thought it would uh so then i you know i got to the track i did two 400s i did the first one pretty much 
I wouldn't say all out, but pretty hard just to see like if I could run hard with a basketball and ran a 60. And I did that and I was like, I was pretty gassed. So I was, I was like, I'll do one more just to see if uh, I can run closer to mile pace. So I did, again, I did a 66 just to see, get a feel for it. And if I'm being honest, after that workout, I wasn't extremely confident that I could do this. You know, I only run two 400 meters and they were, they were pretty tough while dribbling a basketball. Uh, it really wasn't until a week later where I just, it was still on my mind, you know, it was one of those things where like, I'd just be running and I was like, could I do that? Could I do that? I just, I just sort of had the itch to want to try it. So, you know, one morning I texted my brother and some friends from uh, the Heartbeat Track Club to go out there. And I, to be honest, I don't think I had any, I wasn't very confident I'd get the record, but you know, it just seemed in case I'd have them film it. And I went out just thinking I'd try, probably run like 440 pace, but I had a pacer with me for the, the first 400 and I ran a 68 feeling pretty smooth. And, uh, like went through 200 pretty or went through 800 pretty slow, but I had a lot left in the tank, so I sort of just went for it there, and the rest is history, I suppose. You you ran negative splits, right? Yeah. So uh, again, I think you know I didn't train for this too much in terms of pacing. Uh, so I I went out in a 68 400, so like 70 409, which was actually perfect, um, 432, and then the second I slowed down a lot the second. 400. I think with the pacer, you know, I sort of just was able to lock in on just trying to run smooth and just focus on the basketball. And I sort of kept that mentality into the, the second 800. So I was running pretty relaxed on the second, the second 400. So I was, I was, you know, it's one of those things where I was coming down the back stretch, uh, you know, 700 in with about to be 800 to go. And I was like, I felt so good that I knew I was slow because uh, I wouldn't have been feeling that good if I was there. But that yeah. sort of with that knowing I was feeling good, I really picked it up and I dropped a 65 on the third lap. And then the fourth lap, I actually ran a 62, which was uh, quite the negative split. So 208 last 800. <laughs> now, were uh, were your buddies and your brother going nuts when they were were they cheering you on? And did they know you had the record? Yeah, yeah, they. Uh, I think it, it hit them quicker than it hit me, honestly, because I, you know, uh, it was so it was. My brother was there filming as well as uh, two friends from the Heartbeat Track Club were there as well. One doing the official time and one actually paced me on the first lap and the third lap. And yeah, it was, <laughs> it was almost like, what do we do now? Because they're like, because oh, especially they, they didn't think I was going to break the record when I went through an 800 and 220. Yeah, right, so they, were, right. they were shocked even more than I was because uh, they're like, they thought, oh, he's dying. It's just some kid who thought he could do this and yeah. he can't actually dribble basketball. So uh, they were they were pretty excited after that. But I heard you had a little bit of trouble. Like you got a little, I don't know if it was nerves or whatever, but in the last 100 meters, you you thought you might kind of fumble the ball? Yeah, so if you if you, if you you watch the video, there's there's one dribble where it, it goes, the ball goes a little high. I, I mean, I was able to catch it, but it was, you know, with, with I mean, because with a, you know, a, a normal race, you know, your last 100 meters, you're, you're basically going as, as hard as you can. So yeah. you're not, you don't have to think about, you know, doing anything coordinated. So it was sort of with 200 meters left. And I knew I was, if I kicked, I was close to the record, but at the same time, you can't lose the basketball. So it's a, it was a weird added mental element to, to racing for sure. Uh, but did it coming down that stretch last hundred or 200, did you, did you have a pretty good sense that you had a real shot at the record? 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I, at that point, I knew I had a, a good chance with the record. So I was, you know, don't want to lose the basketball, but I obviously want to run fast right. enough to break the record as well, yeah. I feel like your your mind's a lot sm- uh, stronger than mine. I feel like I, I'd be like Chuck Knobloch for the Yankees when he couldn't throw from second base to first base for the like <laughs> three seasons. Yeah, I'd be like, ah, don't dribble, don't don't fumble the dribble here. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it kind of crosses your mind, probably, right? Like, hey, if I don't if I don't screw up this dribble, I'll probably have it. Yeah, and thank God I, I don't think I thought about it too much until that that one dribble where I I almost lost it because I think it's one of those things that if you're if you're thinking about losing the basketball, you're yes. more likely to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Now, have you heard it all from um, from Dylan Sorensen, the guy whose uh, whose record you broke? I have, I have not. No, um, I have, I haven't heard from him at all. It, it would be cool to, you know, have sort of a an event. I don't know if you could do it now with COVID, right? But, you know, all all of these all of these world records, which you know, have kind of blown up this summer. I think you know, just because there's not all much you can do in terms of racing. There's been, I think it's been broken five times this summer, at least. It'd be cool to have some type of official event where you get, you know, a couple of us together and see who can, it'd be hard to do as a race. Maybe you could do it in lanes or something, but it'd be yeah, nice heats to have, uh, yeah. yeah, or heats. It'd be cool to have like an, an official standard for this. So it's not just people filming it with uh, their friends. Well, I love that it's uh it's two great basketball dynasties too, right? It's like you know Carolina and UConn. So you know Carolina, I I, I know you'll tell us that there that's a second tier program, and UConn's a much yeah. more important basketball legacy. But uh, but no, it'd be really fun if you had like a you know ACC uh, like they do the ACC Big Ten Challenge early in the season. You could do uh, the old Big East ACC Challenge and get a couple of great runners and basketball players to do it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to see that, you know, all any any all basketball schools, you know, UNC, Duke, UConn, they, they all have they all have cross country programs as well. So it's it'd be cool to see that uh sort of cohesion, that the mix of the two together to see if um and create sort of some school rivalries would be awesome. That'd be a blast. And what about uh so at least for a while, uh, a couple months the record holder was another Connecticut athlete, uh Sydney Masciarelli. Have, have have you ever been in touch with her? I have not actually no. Um, I I haven't been in touch with any of the, the uh, former record holders. Uh, one thing I mean I think I think my this record will it's only a matter of time before it gets broken. And I what I'd love to do that is if whoever breaks it again I'd I'd love to do an event with them and you know maybe have a, a race off or something. Uh, we could do it for some sort of cause or something which would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. That'd be a blast. Uh... But yeah, she's you know she's the real deal. I mean, she won Footlockers I think twice, and she's um, was like a thousand point scorer for her high school basketball team. And um, wow. interestingly, she's going to Carolina. She's uh, she's going to run at UNC. So you know maybe maybe she and uh, Dylan are going to team up and you know try to come back at reclaim the records. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's good. Maybe they can uh, share their secrets and you know. <laughs> Have that's right like, yeah. you know they'll probably set the record for like you know mixed doubles uh basketball mile right male female oh they, yeah they've got to be number one in the world for that well that i mean that brings up a good point because you know unc might have more uh they have one more men's national championship than uconn but when you add the men's and women's uconn has a significant ah, great point great so, point so you know we might have, we might have 
may, I might have to find a, a UConn female runner who can uh, dribble a basketball, and we could have a sort of a uh, a relay, a, a two by mile with the basketball. That would be awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, get get Gino to be uh, running the stopwatch or something. Calhoun. Exactly. And- yeah. I actually met I yeah. met Calhoun uh, Jim Calhoun randomly this summer and he couldn't have been a nicer guy totally down to earth like good dude so uh, he'd probably play along with it yeah no he's obviously I haven't met him but you know he's, I grew up watching UConn basketball he's one of my my heroes for sure yeah um, and so what would you um, so from here, so oh, I know. Ask you is, um, what about your brother? Is he interested in trying to take a shot at your record now? He he did joke to me after. He's like, I shouldn't have told you about it because <laughs> he uh, he he could try it for sure. You know, he's he's pretty close to me. He um he was he's probably a couple seconds behind in my mile PR. You know, when I ran four nineteen, he ran four twenty four. Yeah. Um, He's he didn't play as much basketball as a kid, but uh, he he can still dribble basketball. So I think I mean realistically, I bet he could probably run. You know, he ran five oh three, first time ever dribbling a basketball on a track, and in trainer. So I I think he could easily get down to the four forty area. Um, but we'll see. He'll have to give it a go at some point too. And is he uh, is he still running at at Wesleyan? Wesleyan actually has a great distance running tradition, right? It's like Bill Rogers and a bunch of great people have come through Wesleyan. Yeah, no, he he runs for Wesleyan. Uh, their D three, yeah, he does their cross country and track program. Unfortunately, I think their winter their winter program their winter season just oh, got canceled right. completely. Yeah. So he's I think he he's he's I think they're planning on. They're just starting up training again, but they're not even ready to peak till you know late, late spring where they think they might be able to have some races. So he's just uh, building mileage. But uh, he's actually he's back home. I was able to run with him today, which was nice because we we trained together all summer, which was awesome. Very cool. Um, and uh, and so what would you um, w- so would both of you like to you know kind of keep taking running to the next level? I mean, it sounds like you're a good training team. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he's he's obviously has his uh his team at Wesleyan. You know, he's he's running well. Um, me, obviously, you know, I I kind of I I want to try running a basketball without a mile now because you know I'm four four I ran four nineteen in the summer, but I've been I've been I'm definitely in better shape now. Obviously, I think the basketball slows me down more than ten seconds. Yeah, and uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty fit in my workout, so you know I'm looking to hopefully time trials some races in the, the upcoming weeks. Although we'll see what I can find with uh, COVID being done and everything. Yeah. That's good. And have you, um, so have you heard from many uh, media outlets and local TV stations? I know the Hartford current wrote a, wrote a nice story about you, but have you uh, been hearing from uh, runners world and those kind of people? Yeah. So the Hartford current um, got, got it first actually, um, which is cool. The local newspaper. Yeah, I'll, have, good. I'll have to get it. I'll have to get the newspaper clipping framed at some point uh, yeah. as well as Run- runners world ran an article. And actually I saw it today. Runners world, the Italian re- runners world also ran an, an article in Italian. <laughs> so that's the first, the first Italian article ever written about me. Uh, and as well as there was actually a segment on NBC Connecticut last night um, about it as well. So did they interview you, the TV station? Uh, yeah, briefly. It was, it was a, it was a short, uh, you know, one minute segment at the end of the news, just a, a light, nice, funny story. And, uh, about 10 seconds of my, my interview made it. So 
Did they uh, do hair and makeup for you? They did not. No, because <laughs> I mean, I had to be social. I had to be socially distanced. Oh, anyway, right. uh, so, uh, so uh, you could have put make, make makeup underneath the mask, but I don't think it would have made it that big of a, <laughs> a difference. But did your, uh, you know, your your Match.com or your Tinder account light up? <laughs> I haven't. I haven't updated those yet. So. <laughs> Come on, man. Got to get after that. All right, you're you're yeah. you're great sport to put up with us, but. Um, We've uh, we've had some fun with a couple of our guests asking a couple quick questions to kind of wrap up our, our conversation. So we'll we'll hit you with a couple quick random questions if that's all right with you. Sounds good to me. All right, all right. Uh, favorite movie of all time? The Princess Bride. Oh, that's a good one. Really good. Do you, do you like that whole uh, the whole series? All of those Christopher Guest movies. You like Waiting for Guffman and uh, Best in Show and all that stuff. I don't think I know any of the other movies you uh, just referenced, but I, I just, The Princess Bride, it's an incredibly quotable movie. It's uh, I've seen it a, a ton of times and it makes me laugh every time. Oh, it's amazing. That's a great one. All right. How about favorite book? Favorite book. That's tough. I don't remember. You're, you're an engineer. Uh, you know, it's probably some uh, complex textbook that's way over my head. Yeah, no, I, uh, I actually, I read Animal Farm. Uh, ah, great a couple, one! A couple of years ago, I uh, it was a nice, nice short read, a hundred pages, and it, it's a, it's a neat, it's a nice uh, metaphor. I thought it was a nice book. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, morning runner or evening runner? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I fluctuated a lot throughout yeah. my career. Um, right now I'm an evening runner. Uh, I sort of like I'm going into the office for work, so getting, getting, finishing work and uh you know, getting home and switching into running clothes and getting out the door is, uh, it's the perfect release for me in terms of just stress. You know, if I were to get home from work and just lie down and take a nap, I wouldn't feel great. But, you know, I sort of get recharged after that run. So right now, uh, during the work week, I'm usually an afternoon runner, but on the weekends, I usually wake up and I go for a run in the morning. And you don't mind running in the dark? It's dark right now after work, right? It's not ideal, but you know, yeah. if you get used to it. Yeah. I, I ran today. It was pitch black. So cold too. There's street lights up. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you like running with, uh, with tunes or podcasts or nothing? Uh, nothing. I, I have a, I have a pretty strong opinion that, uh, you know, I'd like to, well, either when I'm running by myself, you know, it's almost, you know, meditative to be just out there with your thoughts, listening to the, listening to the world and you know some, sometimes music will play in your head but I'm, I don't like to, to run with headphones or anything no. no I'm with you I mean it clears your brain so much more when you don't have that stuff coming into your ears I'm with you yeah exactly all right uh what about uh, if you could have dinner with one person uh either alive or deceased who, who would you love to have dinner with Tom Brady <laughs> ah <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you guys are. Uh, so you're you're on the uh, New England side of the line in Connecticut, right? You know, a little little further yeah. south and west, uh -huh. and you'd be uh, a Giants fan or a Jets fan. Mm -hmm. That's a good answer. Uh, yeah. Uh, and how about uh, how about best mentor in your in your life and career? I would say uh, Tom Tom Butterfield. I mentioned my uh, my high school coach. Uh, he was, you know, he was. He had coached for 50 years in total, uh, 20 years at Hall. And uh, he was, you know, in his late 80s, he was he was a jokester for sure, but he was 
he was also an incredible man and it, it meant a lot he actually retired our senior year so uh we were his last class to go you know freshman sophomore junior senior and just uh incredible incredible guy um incredible worth ethic and really learned a lot from him that's really cool is there uh does somebody have kind of a, a tribute out there there's probably something online for maybe that that last that last season or it's probably a nice spread up somewhere yeah, there there has to be articles out there. I'm sure in the current and everything about him, because yeah, yeah. It, he's he's they had a we had a dinner, uh, a dinner when he retired. You know where a ton of old athletes showed up, and it was you know guys in their 40s and 50s, and you could he you could just we all had the same experience with him. He's just a a legendary coach. Now it, it it's pretty amazing, and it's uh you know we we've talked to this talked to a couple coaches about this, but it's you know, you can have favorite teachers or favorite college professors, but there's not as much of an excuse to stay in touch with, you know, your college engineering department, right? Whereas sports is, it kind of keeps you coming back. You'll always follow your high school teams, your college teams. And so it's, it's a really nice part about being a coach is that you, you not only touch a lot of lives as they're coming through school, but you, I think you tend to stay in touch more with them too. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah. Because there's that sense of growth, not only as an athlete, but as a person through your uh, the struggles you go through as a, in sports. Absolutely. Hey, well, best of luck, man. It sounds like you've got, you know, great things to come still. So stick with it now that you've, you've got some of the health stuff figured out. And, um, you know, as long as fame and fortune doesn't go to your head and you stay humble. And <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Hey, well, good All stuff. Right, well, Max. Thank you very much. No, we can't thank you enough. You're, you're great to uh, spend time with us. All right. Have a good one, David. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks.